welcome to an episode of Caroline Talks, the podcast slash YouTube channel where I, your host, Caroline Hines, speak to film creators about their work, their industry, and their experiences. And today I am joined by filmmaker Valerio Zanoli to talk about his new film, Not to Forget, which is a very heartwarming and I think a very kind of life-affirming film. And it talks about the uh, about Alzheimer's and how it can affect patients and how it can affect the people in the lives of patients and the elderly. And it talks about a young caretaker and what that and what being a young caretaker means um, in today's society. But before we get into not to forget, I'm just going to ask Valerio to say a bit about himself and what got him into filmmaking. So Valerio. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um, well, I started, um, I went to school, I went to USC to, to film school. I had a passion for filmmaking since I was a child and I guess I fulfilled my dream. I was able to graduate and I started to work in the industry and I get to do what I really like. So, making movies. <laughs> and was there any particular film that inspired you to be a filmmaker? Because I know for some filmmakers, they say they watched like a particular film in their childhood or maybe from when they were a teen. That, that made them say, I want to be a filmmaker. This is what I want to do. So was there anyone in particular for you? I, I don't know. I mean, my favorite movie growing up was Rocky, but there were so many other good movies that I got to watch and enjoy. So I don't really know when it happened. Uh, I guess it was a progressive kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I made, I made a big decision. I wanted to, to leave Italy. Uh, I, I came from Europe, I, I moved to, to LA just to pursue a career in filmmaking, just to learn. And uh, so I was really committed. It was mm. really something I wanted to, to do. Right, and why, why move from Italy to LA? Because like Italy, it does like have, a, I think a, a pretty well, it has a pretty well established film industry. So why the change from Italy to LA? Uh, I wouldn't call it an industry. Mm. Uh, I believe that in Europe, they are artistic. They, they pursue movie as a form of art, which is great. Uh, but if you want to talk about industry, you will need to be in LA where it is a movie industry. And uh, it's just different. Making a movie in Italian uh, really limits the possibility of that movie. You can make the sweetest movie ever, but how many people really watched Life is Beautiful or Cinema uh, mm -hmm. Paradiso? Well, in the US, they don't dub movies which really eliminates a lot of audience, a big chunk of audience, because uh, people don't like to read subtitles. That's the reality of it. I'm not talking about but I'm talking about the majority of people out there. So if you really want to, your movie to be seen by everybody, to be, you know, to... I've always wanted to, to make movies to make a difference. I wanted a social commitment in, in all my movies, so I kind of wanted to to use them as a tool to raise awareness about important stuff. So I am a big fan of combining, of mixing the movie industry and the artistic side of it. So why can't you make money while at the same time you can also make a little difference? And that's what I've been trying to do, which is, which is not typical in LA or in, anywhere. Uh, I guess I, I, I mix my European side with the American side. So. <laughs> yeah, you found your, um, you found your happy balance. And you're talking about um, using your films and your art to be um, both entertainment, but also to have a message and to have um, and to serve a purpose with regards to the audiences, but for everyone in general. And for this film in particular, as I mentioned at the beginning, it speaks about um, Alzheimer's and how that impacts patients and the people around them. So what was it that, that made you choose to, to make 
Alzheimer's the central focus for this particular story? Yes, uh, I was between projects and uh, I was introduced to a big clinic that focuses on uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson, and I absolutely didn't know anything about it. So they bring me in, they want to make like little short videos for YouTube and I just told them, no, nobody's going to watch them and uh, they're not going to have an impact. You have me here, let me create a story, let me put the whole thing together and that way we can reach people uh, and uh, it's kind of sugarcoating it somehow or it's kind of tricking the audience like you are going to watch the movie for a variety of reasons which could be because uh, there are five Oscar winners in the cast because uh, it is shot uh, beautifully because uh, the young protagonist is good looking because, because of any reason you end up watching it and then uh, now I have you now I can teach you, I can, uh, I can leave something with you. So mm. what I would hate is for, for people to walk away from the movie at the end and be like, okay, that was fun. And then they go back to their normal life uh, unchanged and without remembering the movie, something, I, I really want to push some chords and I want to leave something with you. I have people, uh, after eight, nine years from a movie that I made about leukemia, children with cancer and blah, 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 on Christmas, they message me on Facebook. They find me and they say, thank you. Or I made a movie about bullying and the girl in the UK, she texts me telling me the whole life story. She went to college, she didn't want to because she was being bullied in high school, but she pursued a career, she went to college anyway. And she felt inspired because her idol was the singer that, who was in the movie. She was the mm. main star. That's and the one with um, Anastasia, right? Correct, correct. I remember, yeah. I remember Anastasia was big when I left secondary school. Her, um, like one, mm -hmm. of her, one of her songs was like super big when I left secondary school. That was a good day. That was a good time. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it's, uh, it's refreshing. Sometimes I, I, I receive messages like that. Or even for, for this movie, people reach out to me and they... Yeah, I'm a caregiver. My my mom, my grandma, she had Alzheimer, and um, thank you. We just say thank you, and it's not like we become friends, uh, but it's it's nice. It's a nice feeling knowing that you have an impact, and uh, even just changing one person, one person at a time, you can uh, you can really have a, make a difference, and that's what I believe, and I keep going this way. Hmm. And for when you started um, working on the film, like what was your um, research process like? Like who did you speak to? What organizations did you connect with? Because um, there, because there's many of there's many conditions that affect um, like cognition and like that cause dementia. Like you mentioned Parkinson's is one that affects cognition as well as physical abilities. And then there, you know, there's Alzheimer's. There's other conditions. Like I have MS. So MS is a um, one of my symptoms is I have cognitive impairment, which means that because it's a progressive disease, that as it, it will get progressively worse. So like that is something that I do worry about, like, you know, like um, how it will affect like me long term. So there's many conditions that do affect um, that, that cause these kind that cause these similar symptoms. So what was your research like? And like who, how many like who did you speak to to like help you like really yeah. lock in on specifically on Alzheimer's? Well, the same clinic that asked me to do the short video about Alzheimer's uh, also opened up the doors to their library. 
and I did research with the librarian and they introduced me and took me to the second floor. I got to meet the medical director. I got to meet people who are experts. And once I had the first draft of the screenplay, I even had Alzheimer patients uh, at the beginning of the progress and their caregivers read the screenplay. And uh, I changed it. I listened to them. Um, I guess I should, there is one thing I should mention. In that very first meeting, when I offered to make a movie about Alzheimer's, I asked them, I asked the clinic, the representatives, you guys tell me what I should talk about. Because I'm not an expert about Alzheimer's. I will learn but, and you will teach me, but what is the main point? What do you really want to push? Mm -hmm. And uh, without hesitation, they told me, talk about the caregivers. And uh, I'm like, what do you mean? Who are the caregivers? And then they started to talk about the unsung heroes, like these people, this, they just dropped their life. And as I say they, but it's really us, it's all of us. There are so many, uh, the loved one, the wife, the husband, the, the mother, mm -hmm. they become sick. And especially in the US where, you, you know, everything costs money, especially in the health uh, related world. Um, people don't, can't afford to actually pay somebody to supervise mom or the wife for 24 seven. So they get to do it. I mean, there is this moral responsibility where she is my spouse, she is sick, I have to take care of her. And I drop my job, I drop my friendships, my hobbies, everything. And I devote the rest of my life to the loved one. And I get it. I'm also told by the clinic, it's not really healthy because you need to continue to exist. If you do something like that, you cannot really be supportive for the loved one. Mm -hmm. But it's such a, but I also understand, I would do the same, I would drop everything. Yeah. So I understand where people come from and it is really pure love. You sacrifice yourself. They told me in the very first meeting, 60% of the times, the caregiver passes away before the patient. And I go, what are you talking about? Because they just give up on everything. They, they don't feed themselves right. They don't sleep. They, they change their life out of love. And then again, I asked, okay, what kind of caregiver, what was specifically, and they told me, even though Alzheimer, Alzheimer, Parkinson, very form of dementia. Dementia is the big umbrella. And uh, it really affects elderly people. You could become a patient. You could start being affected by Alzheimer when you're in your 40s, especially if you're a woman, I was told. But, um, but it really affects elderly people, especially. So do something revolutionary. Talk about a young caregiver, because we need to talk to the young audience and make them aware, because it affects everybody, not just the patient or, or the spouse or the mother. It's in every family. It's, it's, it's literally everywhere. It's called, Alzheimer has been called... Uh, the plague of the 21st century. And I looked at the numbers, I don't remember them now, but by 2050, it's, it's outrageous. The numbers are just escalating, it's, uh, it's spinning. And our society is growing older as a whole and, um, and the sense of community is missing sometimes. I also made a documentary about homeless people. I shot it two months ago in, uh, in Las Vegas. 
it's really about taking care of each other. And uh, in the small town in Italy, I mean, I can tell you that the fable about the small town in Italy, it's not really a fable, but if somebody was in need, the whole community, the whole town would come yeah. together and would help. Um, I don't know my neighbor. I don't know my neighbor. And that's an issue. I would love to, to know the neighbor. I would love, but it's weird. If you just walk up to people and say, how are you? They, the first time in the US, I uh, was at the grocery store, story. and the cashier was like, hey, how are you doing? I didn't know any better. I told her how I was doing. She was all freaked out because you asked me, and I'm replying. I didn't know it was just a way to say, hey, hi. Uh, but that says a lot. And, uh, and truth be told, yes, there is a huge Alzheimer element in the film, but the true protagonist is Chris. And the whole movie is really about Chris finding a family or rediscovering the value of family, which is a more universal message and theme, if you, if you allow me to say. Uh, he has to deal with uh, uh, loss, the loss of his mother. He has to, it's interesting how grandma forgot everything except for family the value of family, and Chris remembers, he can count cards, he remembers everything really well, but he forgot family. So they start opposite, and uh, Grandma is really the enabler. She becomes the tool that allows Chris to complete his arc. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a sweet film that talks to everybody. So different people will get different things out of it. No, um, it's true. Like you talked about the emotions. So like the lead, so like Melody, who is Chris's grandmother, she's played by uh, Karen Grasso. So as you said, she, what she remembers the most is her emotions and the love that she had for the people in her life. She can't name them. She's not exactly sure of her connections to them, but she remembers the emotional connections that she has to these people. And it's kind of like, I think profound that when, um, when you have a disease that can rob you of your memory it, the one thing it can't rob from it can't take from you is your emotions you know it can't take from you like how deep um how deep someone has impacted your life you know like if you have this if this person meant so much to you and like they made you feel like this um love for them like that's what you remember most and even if it's a, an emotional like anger that's still i think I, I i still think a good thing because it still shows that not only that this person had an impact on you, but that they still have like, they, they still have this connection to who they are fundamentally as people, like who we are as, as human beings, like our emotions, I think are a driving force for us as, as, as beings, because like our emotions help us to make decisions. Our emotions are what allows us to make human connections. Our emotions are what leads us to like a career path with like finding and um, becoming a filmmaker. If you be, want to become a writer or a designer, you know, like your the emotion, emotional connection you have to this dream is what makes you who you are. So I love that the film really centers on the emotions of the characters and like what and who and who they are just like as, as fundamentally. Yes. I couldn't have said it better. I mean, <laughs> you, you got it, you got the film. That's, that's what it is all about. Mm -hmm. uh, experiences, emotions is really all we have. Mm -hmm. We are going to leave all the belongings behind and uh, it's what defines us as human beings it's what we feel 
uh, they're not animals. We, I mean, animals have feelings too, but we, really it's about, they stay with you. There is a line, I wrote a line that they gave to Tate Monil, she plays the doctor and it's, uh, and Chris was asking her, what's the point? Uh, but <laughs> we never really forget love. It's, um, it's true. It stays with you, it defines who you are. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so like now speaking about the characters and like, how did you go about forming your cast? So you have Kate, um, Karen who played Melody and you have Gavin Hartsey who plays um, Joe, who we later find out is her son. And Chris is played by Tate. Oh, alert. Okay. And then like, you mentioned I'm Tatum O'Neill and you have like Louis Gossett Jr. who to me is like a black film legend. Like how did you go about forming your cast and like First of first, how did you come up with the idea for like who you wanted to play specific parts and then getting and then being connecting with them and getting them to play these roles? Um, when I was writing the screenplay, I had to manage to, to imagine uh, the doctor, Pastor John, uh, Melody, and uh, I had some names, some people, some actors in mind. Uh, I was the one who picked up the phone at the beginning and I reached out to them. Tetumonio was the first one I reached out to, and she immediately said yes. Uh, and then I called one by one everybody else. Uh, at the very end, the last three weeks, uh, I was helped by a casting agency as well uh, to fill the last few characters. But I, I really pursued my dream cast, and I was persistent. Some people, uh, George Akiris, it was uh, it's so sweet. Everybody was great in the movie, but he, he, I think. I, I called him the first day and he was, I don't know, I haven't been acting for like 30 plus years, uh, but then at the end, I convinced him to be in mm. the film uh, and he trusted me. It's like, what are you taking me to Kentucky? Why Kentucky? And, uh, and, he, and he shows up. I went to pick him up at the airport and uh, I, I just, everybody, I didn't see, they're all legends. They're great actors. They, they made the history of Hollywood but they were so human when we showed up on set because they didn't get paid as much as they're used to they really so they didn't do it for the money they do it because they put their heart into it they understood and i guess i was good at this i explained to them why this movie is important not just to me but really to everybody and they understood the importance of it and they committed and uh, we didn't play divas or stars or anything Karen Grassol, she came to me constantly. And it's a good thing. Other people are like, wow, she's always there. Not to bother you. I'm like, she's not bothering me. I love it. She's coming with constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. She has notes about the script. And the first idea was panicking. Oh, no, now the schedule. Are we going to rewrite the scene? And I go, don't worry. It's fine. We work around it. And she had some very good notes. She was. Uh, she had a personal connection to Alzheimer. I believe a friend of her uh, uh, had Alzheimer and passed because of Alzheimer eventually. So she really wanted to do the film for her and dedicate it to, to her. But, uh, you know, I really think that everybody, every family has a connection to this terrible disease. So it's really refreshing that uh, Doris Lichman, Olympia Dukakis, they couldn't even walk. They showed up in wheelchairs. But they still did it, and uh, they have my extreme respect, the most respect. It's um, I found a family, I found a little community on that set, and uh, and I'm really proud of all of them. 
And what was the filming um the filming like in um Kentucky? Because like the one of the themes of the film is um I, I think growth and is talking in particular about the personal growth of Chris. And then you use the um the I the the theme of corn because they um for for Melody, she um she has a she owns a corn farm and like at the beginning like it doesn't it's not operating because like she can't run in and then like you know she doesn't and like Joel is too busy taking care of her and like I just said like the thing for, for caretakers like they have to devote all of their time or they do devote all of their time to looking after their um their family and they they can't like they they can't develop anything else they don't some for some as you said they that you like, actually like actually don't no, let me hop on that because something just occurred to me so you talked about how for a lot of caregivers 60 percent of them die before um the, the person who's ill and then it, so it just made me think of um of joe and like something happens to him and like that literally just occurred to me like like you could say like possibly like his like he is sick and he doesn't look after himself because he that he's dedicating all of his time and his effort and his health into looking after Melody, so like he's neglecting his own health, and it's um, and it almost became fatal. So just talk a bit about that, actually. About which part specifically? About Joe, about you, about Joe's um the subplot with Joe and him being ill because like it's like he seems fine at the beginning, but then later on you realize that he isn't fine. You know, like there is something him he himself is going through his own illness, but he doesn't want to reveal that to anyone because he he wants all the focus to be on Melody. Yes, uh, is devoured by sense of guilt. Mm -hmm. Whatever happened in the past and the person he used to be is still haunting him. So uh, it's um, huh. It's interesting. Uh, it's like an additional character that it, it, it gives us the it, it's life of the audience can relate to him because of who he is, because uh, a lot of people have guilt and they have a problem with forgiving. He needs to forgive himself the same way Chris has to forgive himself. So, and, and I found that to be one of the hardest things ever and uh, a common theme among uh, people, not just the audience, like everybody. So forgiving is really key. And uh, Joe and Chris has to forgive. And uh, and I guess at the end of the film they both do, and as a result they get to enjoy, they get to have a future, they get to enjoy life. They sacrifice themselves, not, not just for Melody, the, the elderly, sick woman in need, but really they sacrifice themselves because they can't just let go, they can't move on. It's about trauma. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that opens up a whole other, a different conversation. But uh, when I say there are different elements in the movie, that's what I'm talking about. Trauma, loss, uh, the redemption. It's really about the arc. I, I try to give every, every character an arc so that they have to go through. They don't have nemesis, uh, like physical nemesis, uh, but they have to fight themselves. They need to go deeper. Uh, into their soul and accept, and then they can move on. And that's what uh, Chris does throughout the story. He has to go and dig deep and deeper into the uh, into the chest, the treasure chest, 
And as, the, as it does that progressively, when it gets to the very bottom of the problem, it gets deep into himself. And, uh, and that's one of the last scenes of the movie where he's able to just let go, he cries. And then uh, one person told me, oh, it just changed out of, it, out of nowhere. But it's not true. I completely disagree. I mean, he had it in him from the very beginning, only that he decided that he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I met, that I learned, even with the most recent uh, homeless documentary I did, you need to meet people where they are. Not every, everybody is the same, and you just need to be patient, and uh, it will come. You know, just open the door, you're... You give them, uh, you point them in the right direction, and then they do their own uh, decisions at the end. Uh, Chris has the key at the very end, and he decides to do something that he would have done at the beginning of the movie, because now he's a changed person. He found himself. I don't think that he changed as much as he found himself. The person that he was, the person that he, he has always been deep inside of him, but he just needed to get in touch with that part of himself again yeah he, he grew he had he had a growth he had an arc like you know like he matured <laughs> and it, like for Thank some you. people some, for some people that could take that could take months or years but for him like as you said he, he like the situation happened where he realized that the path he was going on wasn't necessarily wasn't the right path and that he had to open up himself to, um, to other people and and the other thing before like that's the whole thing it's about growth you know it's about learning to grow as a person and realizing that there are opportunities but not the type of opportunities you're looking for he was looking for one type of opportunity and he found another one that allowed him to grow as a person so yeah no he had a growth he had arc um and and this so the film one of the things that, we, that at the beginning of the film we talked about how you um you use your filmmaking to um to like as we said talk about social issues and things affecting people and one of the ways you do that is you have an organization called Let's Make a Difference where that's directly connected to your film. So talk a bit about um about that organization and how that works in connection with your films. It's not really an organization. Uh, it's just uh, an umbrella project. So okay. all, all the films uh, that I made that I plan to make fall under that. Uh, it's one of a mission. It's a motto. I really want to inspire people to make a difference. And that's what these movies are trying to do. And each film uh, has a specific, has a different uh, topic. So there is uh, Hope for Notes with Cancer, Children, Leukemia. Or you can dream with bullying and eating disorders. Then you have, not, not to forget, with Alzheimer and uh, in the recently filmed uh, documentary about homelessness. Each film helps a different organization uh, raise awareness and funds because we donate part of the profits to these big charities, nationwide uh, charities, because we believe that they can truly make a, a difference. I mean, I wouldn't be able to go out there and to help an Alzheimer patient, I wouldn't even want to because I wouldn't know where to start. It's not my job, but I can uh, talk about it so people find out about the issue and they can reach out to the charity, make a donation, donate. Uh, one hour, one hour a month, one hour a week. It takes so little and everything is welcome and can have an impact. Sometimes people think, and I know that for a fact because I was the same, well, it's just me. I can't, uh, what's the point? You know, I'm never gonna change anything. But it's not true because there are 
a lot of Valerios out there. I'm part of the Lions Club, so every week we actually meet and I, it's inspiring to be surrounded by people who do want to volunteer and want to have an impact. I mean, I'm not probably supposed to, but why not? I go serve for the, the rescue mission. Uh, I go clean eyeglasses that are sent to a jail in San Francisco. They, they divide them and then they ship them to third world countries so people can get to see. Uh, it's fun. We get together, we have a mission and uh, we talk with each other. We, it's, it's good company because I'm with people who, who have my same values. And sometimes I hear, oh, I don't have time. I don't, I find time to do it. And why not? It's, I think everybody should do it. And uh, even just watching this film can have an impact because some of the money will go to charity. And, uh, and you never know, you know, if, if, I'm, if I can move people somehow, you never know what's gonna happen. Maybe in uh, 15, 20 years, we're gonna get somebody else to make films about Alzheimer or about important causes. They get inspired by something like this. It's, you never know. Yeah, um, I think like, I, I love that the fact you connect with, as you have each specific topic that you do connect them to the different charities. And that's something I think Hollywood really does need to work on and do better. Like. We know there are like fundraising initiatives, but I think like when it comes to like films in, in particular, like the films should like help, you know, prom promote and to promote causes, you know, and be a way for people to like directly connect to causes and to like organizations and to people who need help. Because it's all fine well and good to make a film about a social issue. But then if you don't really say, this is how you can actually help with this situation, it's kind of like, like, okay, you did it, but like, you're not really telling us how to help. So like, I do, I do like that you do that. And I think more filmmakers and more studios can do that and like, say, this is how you can actually help. And this is how we're going to help you do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think a lot is being done recently by the studios when they, even the whole uh, casting equality, they're giving more space to people of different ethnicities, people of, uh, with disabilities, uh, it's happening. Women, uh, now the superhero is a woman. I mean, it's a huge step if you look at the whole thing historically. I mean, I don't need to tell you already, no. Uh, it wasn't like this. So think, things are changing, but there is so much more that can be done. And uh, I think it's just a matter of time because uh, we're ready and, you know, it, it, it is, happening as we speak. So I just keep doing what I do and I just hope that more people follow and uh, but together we can get together and, uh, and have a true impact because at the end of the day, it's in our hands. If we don't do it, who else is gonna do it? Um, thank you so much for talking with me, um, Valerio. Um, I, really, I really did like the film and it is a very sweet, um, I think an important film and it's, and, um, it's available on Amazon Prime so it's available for like people, like different for general audiences to see, which especially now in these COVID times, as we say, is more is important, like, you know, accessibility. So I like that it's on an accessible um, platform. And so um, so can you just talk a bit about actually getting the film on, on Amazon? Because that's something I was, um, I'd like to know a bit about, like for you as a filmmaker, like, what are the steps to getting a film platform on a, on a service I, like Amazon? Right. I... 
We didn't know uh, the, the film was seen uh, by a major distribution company, virtual mm -hmm. entertainment. So they, 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 they love the movie. It is shot beautifully. It has a great story. It's inspiring. So they reached out and they literally asked me, hey, can we buy the movie? And uh, for the US, the UK, some other territories. And I just sold the movie to them. I just asked them, please, Put the movie out there and try it really goes beyond the money it's about reaching people and pushing these messages and uh, so that's what they did they did it. they gave the movie a, a theatrical release uh, in november and after that they did uh, all the deals with uh, all the major streaming platforms so it's uh, voodoo amazon uh redbox uh, it's pretty much everywhere and that's their job. That's what so they're good at. So I wouldn't know how to reach Amazon and let them do it. Um, <laughs> but they did, they did a wonderful job. Yeah, they did. I think it's I think it's great that it's on multiple platforms. So congratulations to you and the cast and the crew and everyone for getting your film, for making the film first thing first and getting the film out there for um for everyone to see. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about Not to Forget today. I really appreciate you giving the time to me. Um, is there anything you would like to say before we wrap up? <laughs> no, but thank you for having me. It really, it was a pleasure. And there's another episode of Carolyn Talks, and today was German filmmaker and writer Valerio Zanoli to talk about his latest film, Not to Forget, which has won various awards for the film as well as for Valerio himself and for the work he's been doing for advocacy. You can find the film streaming on Apple TV Plus as well as on other platforms online. I will be including information about that as well. Thank you so much to my listeners, new and veteran, for spending the time with me today and listening to Valeria and I talking about the film, his cast, and his work. I appreciate Valeria for joining me to talk about it, and it was a great discussion. I hope everyone enjoyed it. You can find more episodes of Carolyn Talks in podcast format on Acast streaming platform, as well as Google Podcast Sites and other podcast streaming platform, as well as on butwhythepodcast.com. You can find my other podcasts, So Here's What Happened, which I co-host with my friend Lanisha Campbell, where we talk about all things nerdy and entertainment from a black female perspective on butwhythepodcast.com as well as on Acast streaming platforms. You can find my other platforms, um, Beyond the Romance, my Asian drama podcast, as on butwhythepodcast.com as well and as on Acast. You can find the video versions of that on my YouTube channel, Carolyn Hines, H-I-N-D-S, as well as interviews that I do with, Africa, with the African American Film Critics Association, Virtual Roundtables, which we've been doing for the past couple of years, and it's been a great experience as always. That I you will find the links to my segments on my YouTube channel as well as on the Africa website for the whole roundtables and um, other interviews that I've been doing for Carolyn Talks there as well. And you can find my writing on my authority page, which is linked on my social media on Twitter and Instagram, which my handles are at CarrieCNH12, that's C R I E C N H 12. And until the next episode of Carolyn Talks, everyone stay safe. Ooh, ooh, ooh.